This podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Now you can receive your free audiobook if you go to audible.com and sign up to become a member. If you sign up for the gold plan, you get a single book credit. And if you sign up for a platinum, then you get a, you know, two credits. Now, if you download a book and you keep it, it's actually yours forever, even if you cancel the account. So a really true free book. And that's at audible.com. Hello, welcome back. It is great to uh, to be with you right now, wherever you are in the world, in your amazing, comfy place. I'm in a, a happy mood, a really, really, really happy mood, and so it's reflective on the, on the music. Isn't that cool? It's a nice little random tune. Yeah, it's really cool. Hi. It's great to be with you. I have some really good news to tell you. Yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes. Sometimes I just, you know, ramble on about various things. My childhood past, stuff like that. Sometimes it's some crazy ass observations and stuff like that. But sometimes I have some great news to tell you. You know, every now and then I just want to remind myself that the world is full of awesome people. Like, I mean full. I'm no scientist, but... If we took a glass, right, just bear with me here. We took a glass and we filled it and the water inside the glass was representative of the human population. Okay, stay with me. We're filling the glass up and it's, you know, like right to the top. You know that bit where you go, you know what, if I if I had one more drop, then that, that, that surface tension is going to just double over and it'll it'll spill. That's how many people in a percentage are in this world that are just awesome. And that includes you, by the way. I'm, I'm, you're part of that. I guarantee right now that you are part of these people. So I'm not sucking up. I just think you're great. So there we are. Well done. And it's that one drop that, you know, are all the jerks and people like that. But I focus on the glass and the water and stuff like that. And it is just... Awesome. I have news. Okay, here we go. First one. Who here doesn't love bison? Big fan. Huge fan. Love bison. I um, didn't know that bison were once inside of the UK. But sure enough, they were. They're not anymore, however. That's right. They are coming back. To the UK starting in Kent. Here is an article uh, written in discoverywildlife.com, so full credit to them. Well, I mean, they wrote it, so, you know, not full credit to the bison. I'm giving the credit to the bison, to the bison, but to the credit to the article, discoverywildlife.com. It is a crisp winter morning in Kent. 
I'm, that's not me. I think that's the author who wrote that, not me. I'm actually in a room right now recording a podcast. I'm not in Kent. I'm in Melbourne, Australia. Hi. Back to the article. I'm on a trail of a giant that once roamed the prehistoric Britain alongside woolly mammoths and saber-tooth cats. A muddy car park between the caravan dealer and a car body shop seems an unusual place to begin. But waiting for me are Tom Gibbs and Donovan Wright, Britain's first bison rangers. Oh yeah. Now there's a business card. What do you do? I'm a bison ranger. Thank you very much. I'll have a glass of water right to the top. Where are the bison being reintroduced to the UK? Tom and Don are based at the Wildlife Park, eight kilometres outside Canterbury on the edge of the sprawling Bleen Woods known as the Bleen. Oh, okay, imaginative. Selected for one of the 1,200 applicants for the 2021 Coolest Job Bakery, Tom and Don can't quite believe their luck. I should do an English accent. Um, Here we go. Big hi to everyone listening to me in England. You're about to hear an Australian do an English accent. Uh, what do I try? Cornish? Well, no, because they're not in Cornwall. Okay, okay, I'm just going to just go full down to Abbey. I'm sorry. Please. Keep listening. I still have to pinch myself, said Tom, previously a conserv- conservation officer at the Hertz and Middlesex Wildlife Trust. Funded by the People's um, po- um, Postcode Lottery for the scheme, Called Wilderbleen, it is a collaboration between Wildwood Trust and Kent Wildlife Trust. Don described the £1.575 million project as very special. As a former safari ranger in the South Africa, he should know. But why bring bison back to Britain? Good question, actually. Besides, they're really cool and stuff. Two reasons. First, to help secure the species' species' future. Wild European bison came within a hair of extinction less than a century ago, saved only by captive breeding and rewilding in Poland, the Netherlands, Romania, and elsewhere. Populations are now recovering, but every one of today's 7,500 European bison alive descended from just a dozen zoo-bred individuals. The gene pool is dwindling to a puddle. I bet you the writer felt really good saying that. Anyway. So establishing new herds, reducing inbreeding, and improves the... Uh, reducing inbreeding and improves the species' resilience. Um, I'll quote Don here. Because of the generic bottleneck, we've got to be quite careful with them, says Don. They were downgraded from vulnerable to near-threatened in 2020, but they still need to be protected. Second, the project aims to restore a century-old wildlife habitat. Many ancient woods were turned over to commercial timber production during the wartime years. Today, like so many plantations on ancient woodland sites, the Bleen is covered by tall, light-blocking, non-native conifers. Those conifers. 
artificial woodland management and species loss goes hand in hand. Britain, with its fragmented habitats, human-made landscapes and intensive agriculture, is one of the most nature-dependent countries in the world, according to the WWF. That's not the wrestling association, by the way. Completely different. Growing up, I thought the WWF, the wrestling association, big time into wrestling, Hulk Hogan, all that stuff, I thought their logo was a panda. Just going to say it, just going to get it out there, and now I'm getting back to the article. More than one in seven native species face extinction. More than half are on the decline. But why again are the bison, why are they important? The bison is a keystone species, which means an an organism that holds an entire habitat together, albeit um, one that has been missing for millennia, by simply doing normal bison activities. Granging, grazing, foraging, trampling, wallowing, and going to the toilet. Number twos. Actually, yeah. These mammals naturally maintain woodland in a way that humans with chainsaws and heavy machinery can't. Natural woolly bulldozers, bison carve corridors through dense vegetation, killing non-native trees by knocking them down, rubbing against them to scrub off molting winter fur, or gnawing away bark. They might ring bark trees so they die off, creating lovely standing dead wood, says Tom. Oh, hang on. That was Tom. They might ring bark a tree so it dies off, creating lovely standing dead wood, don't you know, says Tom, holding a cup of tea. Insects will bore into that, and you'll have stag beetles, woodpeckers, bats, mosses, lichen, and fungus. Bison also dust bathe to remove parasites, leaving patches of bare earth that are perfect for pioneer plants and lizards, and disperse seeds in their fur and dung. They are the ultimate ecosystem engineers. They're going to be managing the woodland for us, Tom explains, and they're doing it for free. (laughs) At the edge of the park, we come to the Will Woods current resident Biden, a pair of 13-year-old males called Hade and Orsk. A fully grown bull can weigh a ton. But up close, you get real sense of their physical power. Sadly, this pair are too tame to join the herd and will soon be living a semi-wild, just a stone's throw from their enclosure. Frost has hardened to the ground and the only sounds are, are the crunch of our boots and the noise of the distant traffic. You can hear vehicles, but not a single bird, says Tom. That's not normal for a woodland. But hopefully, the newcomers will change that. Bird numbers increased annually in the Kranzvlak Nature Reserve in the Netherlands after bison were introduced in 2007. Oh, they're They were using bison fur to line their nests, researchers discovered. We're hoping that one day there'll be a cacophony of noises of these woods again, says Tom. All living the bison descended from steppe bison, which ranged across the mammoth steppe spanning North America, Europe, Asia, 
during the last Ice Age. They went extinct around 12,000 BCE, but their successor, the European bison, spread east across Europe's primeval landscape as far as the Volga River and the Caucasus Mountains. And there is an awesome picture of a bison in a cave painting here. So I can't describe that in the podcast besides saying that there's an awesome picture of a bison in a cave painting here. And then it's drawn really well and it looks like a bison. So you're just going to have to go to the uh, to the website to check it out. And there's a free promo. It eases the guilt because basically I'm reading out their article, you know, the entire words. So um, promotion. There we are. Go go read the article. It's awesome. The, the picture makes it as well. Little has changed, and the European bison remains the steppes bison closest living relative. And when you go there, tell them that you, you heard it from Comfy Place. You know, just, you never know where sponsorships come from. That's all I'm saying. Okay, back to this. Decimated by hunting and forest destruction, it had reached the brink of extinction by the 19th century. The only surviving wild herds were protected as big game animals in Poland's, oh, here we go, Bialoesia Forest. There's a lot of letters there, and there's an L with a cross through it. Yep, I'm just going to give that a crack again. Bialoesia. I think we're just going to move on. And the Russian Caucasus Mountains, the hunting grounds of kings and czars. Then, amid the chaos of World War I, Protection of those surviving herds broke down. For hungry soldiers and starving civilians displaced by the conflict, the bison was a walking one-ton stake. So rapidly hunting into oblivion. By the 1920s, both wild populations and so-called lowland line and lowland caucus line had gone extinct. The Bleen bison... Oh, the Bleen bison will be the lowlands caucus in line and the rarer of the two says Don, which makes them more special. What are the difference um, bison species? Yeah, they're covering everything in this article. Okay, there are two extant living species of bison. The European bison, bison bonasus, and the American bison, bison bison. Really? The term the American bison scientifically is called bison bison. And really, really didn't put a lot of effort in there, do they? Yeah, there's, there's times where I think some things have been caused because they've literally got, you know, five minutes until they have to go to lunch and they've just got to submit whatever they have to submit and they just do it because, well, you know, lunch. I think bison bison was one of those, just saying. And there are, oh, where was I? And there are there two recognised subspecies of the American bison. Oh, God. Bison, bison, bison. Okay. And B.B. Athabascia. And there are a number of extinct bison, bison species, including the steppe bison, bison, Priceus, and the woodland bison, bison, ooh, here we go, Scotisaki. There is a lovely photo of the bison here. Uh, just grazing on the grass. There's a blue sky. There's there's like a nice faint cover of, of, of cloud. You know, the one, the wispy sort of stuff in the sky, not threatening any rain. It's just lovely. Again, go to the article. I can't do anything more than that. The European bison or wison is adapted to living in the woodlands, 
slightly taller as if than the American bison, bison with less dense fur. It browses on leaves, fruits, and woody parts of the plants. The European bison is classified as a non-threatened on the UI IUCN red list with increasing population numbers. That's cool. The recovery of the European bison is rewilding success story. In under a century, the population has grown from 54 captive animals to 7,500, many roaming freely in the wild networks of locations. The oldest of these is Poland's, oh God, that word again, Bialowozia Forest. I'm just going to call that the Woza Forest from now on. Bison were reintroduced there in 1954. It's home to the world's largest wild herd, a thousand individuals. So, bison are coming back to the UK. I think that's fantastic. I really do. And they'll help with not only the, you know, themselves and the population and all that kind of stuff, but they will also be helping the forests by doing whatever they do. And as Tom says, for absolutely free, a bargain. An absolute bargain. Now, the next bit of news, you are going to love this. And it's it's entitled, and I've decided to start titling things this episode, The Heroes of Chunchian City. That's right. By the end of this story, you're going to go, man, humans are just awesome. Yeah. All right, let's go. I'm excited. Korean Beer Company searches for the real heroes who cleaned up a massive bottle spill. Uh, you can read this article at abcnews.go.com. Check this out. In Seoul, South Korea, thousands of bottles of beer cascading off a five-ton container truck seems like a disaster. But the average citizens who came to the rescue are earning praise across South Korea for making the best of a bad situation. I love it when some not when something goes wrong, obviously, but, you know, when something goes wrong and the community comes together, just comes together, you know, and it could be a couple of people, it could be a whole, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of people, it could be even just one person, the scale doesn't matter, but it's just one of those things where when something goes wrong, everyone helps. There was a great tale uh, a few years ago, uh, Brisbane suffered a fairly horrific flood. And, you know, a lot of homes were, were flooded, which is absolutely horrible. The good news is thousands and thousands and thousands of, of Brisbane citizens, New South Wales citizens and Australian citizens all made their way with their you know, rolled up sleeves and helped out complete strangers. This is absolutely true. Go ahead and Google it. You'll see it all there. Helped out complete strangers to help them clean up. No, no money, no fee, no nothing, no favor. Just as one person said when they going past, you know, on, on the TV was uh, interviewing, they just said in that absolute matter of fact, it's what Australians do. And they were doing it. And it was awesome. It was fantastic. And to this day, I still get tingles. It's awesome. But let's get back to the people in South Korea because they are equally as awesome and it involves beer, which I love. But it starts with a bit of drama. The accident. 
which took place in June, is now gaining traction on social media as people try to track down the Good Samaritans. Came as a truck driver, made a sharp turn on Chunchian City, flooding the street with a torrent of beer and broken glass and engulfing the road in white foam in seconds. The spill, which took place about 46 miles north of Seoul, the capital, could have easily precipitated a chain of additional accidents and an hour-long traffic jam, but 18 good Samaritans saved the day. Immediately after the 2,000 bottles shattered on the road, I said that word really well, the driver pulled over and then trudged towards the heap and began to gather the remains together. Moments later, a passerby approached the driver and started to pile the crates up on the side. The owner of a local convenience store then brought the brooms and dustpans and joined the effort. The rain, along with their lack of umbrellas and raincoats, didn't stop the 16 more passers-by from coming together and sweeping the road clean in less than half an hour. Awesome! When the work was done, they nonchalantly returned to their own affairs, as though it was just a matter of course. And you know what? To them, it was. Someone was in trouble, something happened, and they all chipped in, and in half an hour later, all cleaned up. Oh, there's an amazing photo here. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's a lot of beer lying on the road. That's that's an absolute shame. So much beer will not be drunk. That's a, that's a shame. Let us focus on the good news, though. Anyway, lovely photo there. Well, I won't say lovely, very descriptive. Go and check it out. The bottles of beer fall off the truck as the driver makes a sharp turn. Six days after the incident, the Orient Brewer Company revealed the footage of the beer spill cleanup captured by surveillance cameras. The company published notices and ads with footage of the incident to track down the Good Samaritans and thank them. They used the slogan, We are looking for the real heroes of Chonchian City. We wanted to find the citizens and express our gratitude to each of them in person. Says, okay, I'm going to give this a crack. Zhu Huan Back, Associated Public Relations Director of the Oriental Brewing Company, who told ABC News. We also hope to spread the word of the good they did. It was very inspiring for all of us as well. The footage of the cleanup has been trending on South Korea's social media news ever since. Viewers said um, the thoughtful gesture by passers-by warmed their hearts and restored their faith in humanity amid the calamitous times. And don't we need that every now and then? Mm. No one asked the citizens to jump in the rain and pitch in. It was the collective voluntary effort with a selfless motive. 20-year-old Sion Huang told ABC News, The video was a powerful reminder of the good and the supporting community with an altruistic heart can do. I need to use the word altruistic more often. Hmm. Soul may now be seeing a butterfly effect. It starts somewhere, doesn't it? And then it builds up. Here we go. People helped clean up bottles of beer that fell off the truck as the driver made a sharp turn. A similar um, accident occurred less than a week after the Oriental Brewing Company revealed the video. Another truck spilled hundreds of bottles of Korean vodka in the middle of a busy street in the Incheon metropolitan city. We may want to look at the standards of how they're tying them up. 
just going to put that out there. It's great that people are cleaning up, but if we're getting all these incidents so many times, then I think what they need to do is they need to tie the uh, the strap. And everyone that's done this knows exactly what I'm talking about. You need to tie the strap. You need to really tighten it. Then you need to say the magic words. First, you need to flick it and then say, that's not going anywhere. And that is the secret enchantment that will ensure that anything that you're transporting from A to B will not, in fact, go anywhere. Back to the story. Given the long tail of cars and buses following the truck, the collateral damage appeared inevitable, but dozens of citizens who witnessed the accident came together and helped clear the highway in about an hour, a half hour. It's heartwarming to see pure goodwill like this, especially in the era you know, of war and violence and, and stuff like that. The 52-year-old May Lee told ABC News, I hope to see more acts of kindness in the world, and so do I. Here's the thing. Kindness and awesomeness and all that kind of stuff, well, it's for the news is boring. You don't get articles of someone saying, you know, today somebody said hi to someone and they both felt great. It just doesn't happen. So when something like this does happen and it captures it, then it highlights what I truly believe and it's out there everywhere. The world is full of awesome people doing awesome things and being awesome. I'm sorry if if you should be trying to go to sleep on this one by now. I'm a bit wound up. A couple of reasons. One, um, I had a coffee in the afternoon, strong coffee, went to a mate of mine's place and he said, do you want a coffee? I said, yes, things happened. On the back of a strong coffee um, in the morning and in the early afternoon, I went rollerblading, which was just awesome. Yeah, it was really, really good. I didn't think that I would really enjoy it a lot. However, here's the thing. I realized that during the moment, you know, when I was rollerblading, going around and around and around around the rink, I was completely and utterly in the moment. Completely and utterly. You know how it's like. You're always thinking about stuff. And there's always this, this, and there's always that, and there's always work and all that kind of jazz. Anyway, going around that rink and making sure that, you know, I stay upright and I don't sort of, you know, hit anyone and stuff like that. Little people, little kids are going, you know, suddenly turning right or, you know, getting back up. Yeah, stuff like that. Just making sure that they're okay. I'm completely in the moment. You know what? It was like two hours of this. Two hours of just being in the moment. It's actually really nice. And after a while, I just realized that, hey, I need to do more stuff where I'm in the moment. And I have to focus on what's going on. This isn't a motivational speech, by the way. I'm just one of them. I just wanted to share the realization that I came to. I'm sure it's probably page three of any motivational book, be in the moment, stuff like that. Um, so therefore, the way I see it is I've saved some money because I didn't have to buy the motivational book. And now I have this realization. And all I had to do was buy a ticket to go rollerblading around, 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 around with a bunch of friends. How cool is that? Okay, the last bit of news before I wrap this up. This is actually a really cool one. Uh, especially for people who are fans of mowing lawns. Oh, yeah. Okay, this article comes from WTTWDTN.com. 
and it's titled, I Want to Mow Your Lawn. Miami Valley Volunteers Through Lawn Care. Miami Valley, Ohio. Really? Is that a Miami Valley in Ohio? Okay, is it outside of looking in? That's a bit confusing, but still, because I just think that Miami's in Miami. But there we are. But in Miami, there's a Melbourne. I almost went there. Um, I really wanted to go there, uh, just to say that I'm in Melbourne, but I'm not in Melbourne, Australia. I'm in Melbourne, sorry, sorry, Melbourne, Florida. Not Melbourne, Miami. That's a city, not a state. Big hi to the people down there. Sorry that I got it wrong. Back to the article. A non-profit is getting a national attention for helping the elderly mow their lawns and its founder is now looking for volunteers in the Miami Valley to join the movement. Brian Schwartz, ah, finally a last name that I can pronounce, started I Want to Mow Your Lawn shortly after losing his job at the start of the pandemic. It was just a stressful time. Should I do an American accent? You know what? Yeah. I'm going to do an American accent. Big hi to the people listening in America. Um, you thought, you know, the English accents and people in England? Well, guess what? It's your turn now. Here we go. Uh, Ohio. I just wanted... Okay, okay, I got it. Ready? It was just a stressful time and I wanted... I just went out to mow my lawn and then I decided that these neighbours just to keep myself busy while helping others, says Schwartz. That's the worst accent ever, isn't it? And you're nodding your head right now, aren't you? You know what? Let's just do a bit of a virtual fist bump. And uh, I'm just going to mosey on, said Schwartz. As the word got around for those needing help, Schwartz set up a website to recruit volunteers. Other people who might have been laid off or furloughed, reached out and offered to help, said Schwartz. The organisation currently has over 230 volunteers spanning 39 states and Schwartz is hoping to spread the mission uh, to the Miami Valley. We might hear from someone in particular areas of Ohio. We might not have volunteers available until two months out. So the more volunteers we'll have the better. Whether it's one time a year or one time a week, it makes a difference. You can let us know the equipment, uh, let us know the equipment you do have or don't have, says Schwartz. The nonprofit is completely funded through donations. Schwartz said the organization simply offers people who need assistance taking care of their lawn an easier way to get connected to those willing to help. Volunteers can apply for accident insurance coverage when going through the volunteer application. So there's, they've got everything covered. How cool is that? It is a, dare I say, grassroots movement. Oh, yeah. That was good. And it's just one of those little things that you've got people who can't, you know, take care of their lawn. It's a big deal. It really is. And so these people coming out and just mowing the lawns of, uh, you know, of, of these other people, complete strangers, it's going to mean something. It really is. And just like everything else, we've got the beer and the bison. I'm just bringing the bison in because they're just cool. But you've got the beer and you've got this as well. It's just one of millions and millions and millions of stories that happened this week of people that are doing great things, awesome things, 
just because they're awesome people. That glass is full. It is right up to the top. And that is full of amazing people. And that little drop there, the one I send it over, which is all the jerks and stuff, well, I'm just going to keep that and just not drop it in. So that glass is full of amazing people. So yeah, that's why I'm happy today. I'm feeling pretty good. I wanted to pass it on. I wanted to say hi. I hope you're having a great time. I hope you are relaxing. If you're asleep, well, then just keep doing that. You're doing great. You're going to feel wonderful tomorrow. I hope you have a fantastic time, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you very much for listening. Anyway, until I talk to you next time, 